I would advise young people that are like really trying, trying, but can't really get their big break or whatever to just keep going. Uh, yeah. And be more, be very, very deliberate about how you want to get what you want to get. Because I feel like we young people come very, very talented, but we're not really, really deliberate mm-hmm. with how we want to brand ourselves, how we want to be like taken seriously by people. You know, in the sense that cities with a lot of young creatives that it always hits my soul because I'm always like, nah, this is not how you must go about it. Yeah. So as a filmmaker or as a creative or whatever, yeah, I feel like if you use if you're using your social media or you're using your Twitter, yeah, mm-hmm. don't oversaturate your social media. Today on Twitter, you're fighting over Big Brother, <laughs> or you're fighting over someone they're being bragged on them. Just always talking about different things that are trending. I feel like if you're a creative, yeah, and you want to be perceived in a particular way, you have to be very, very conscious about the type of subjects you speak on, the type of things you say on social media, yeah, the type of things you interact you get because people will always link you to whatever you see on social media whether you like it or not Hey, hey, welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishabani, and I'm your host, doing the absolute most on this beautiful platform where we come to have the conversations and the discussions about the things that matter, about topics and discussions, of course, that affect many of us in the different spheres of life that many of us do not have the guts to necessarily speak about, to attack, and to conquer. And so we come here to air those out. I'm in a community, in a space that is safe, that is free, and that allows us just to be ourselves and to have our voices heard. Now, I do not have these conversations alone. I have them with African giants, if I'm to say it like that, to say the least of the one that I'm going to be speaking to today. Um, I have these conversations with young, beautiful people, people that are doing amazing things in their relative spaces, uh, their respective spaces, and who are just changing the world little by little in very big ways, even though it looks very, very small. This one, though, is, you know, making waves on the global platform. He is a DOP, and we're going to find out a lot more about that DOP GP, which is a cinematographer. Um, he's a creative and he also owns a company called Ninth Media Productions, right? So it's going to be quite interesting to get into that. But the crown of it all is that he's the youngest filmmaker to create a Grammy film or documentary on the one and only Burner Boy. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me in welcoming Ayotunde Velo. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm chilling, you know. <laughs> so glad to have you so glad to have you it's so good to be here so good to, I, I, I love i love that intro like i was even i also had to love myself i was like what yes yes <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's get right to it let's get right to it perfect let's let's go back i like you know having sort of a timeline sort of a map of your okay. life and where the journey began so tell us a bit okay. about you know your background your your childhood you know what kind of childhood did you have what did you study um i can see you're still doing your nyse so tell us a little bit about that and what kind mm-hmm. of family did you come from okay so let me let me just let me not take you guys too backwards let me just take you to like 2007 i think when i was in like um grade four grade mm-hmm. five i was always very interested in like art drawing painting sculpting you know mold and all type of things so when i got into secondary school when i got into high school yeah i was always like you know i was just always interested in like drawing those type of things i used to go for like drawing competitions and all and you know like little by little we just i just grew 
interest in filming. I always love filming, or I always love films. Mm-hmm. But in high, in the high, I just discovered that like whenever I talk to my friends, like I could watch a movie a day before, and then I'll come to school and I'll, I will explain scene by scene to all my friends, and then I'll act it out as well. And they always like, bro, like you love film too much. Blah, 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 all these type of things. If I watch Harry Potter, I'll come and tell them mm-hmm. exactly what happened in Harry Potter. I watched like you know a day before and everything. And you know, with time, I just started realizing that okay, I might be able to do this thing as well. And um, my family, I grew up in a very, very supportive family. Like creative wise, they don't really judge. Like if 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 you told them you want to go into, let me say, acting, whatever, as yeah. as long as you're good at it and they and they know you're good at it, they'll allow you go into it. So I had to prove that I was good at it. And then I didn't get a chance to until I was done with high school because of you know school work and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was done with high school, I had a break, a year break, you know, before university and then during that time i had friends that were doing like a basketball competition type of thing in lagos nigeria here Mm -hmm. and then i decided to help them out to like create content to advertise the old um basketball tournament and everything and it was just like a joke to me i just like i just picked up like a camcorder and filmed i filmed in my um on my streets my estate here Mm -hmm. and then i edited my first it was my first time editing as well i edited on premiere pro and then as i was editing i just said okay let me just add because my my name is ayotini Bilo, so i was like let me just add director Bilo mm. to the beginning to just like as a title just you know make it fancy and then i did that i edited and i kept it out on instagram the first one was really mind-blowing because i didn't expect anything much out of it and then my friends were like oh my god they love the video blah blah i should do this more those type of things and with time i think like six months later i got a camera and then I started being more serious with it. I started like going on YouTube and like learning how to edit, how to direct, you know, mm-hmm. stuff of things. And then when I go to university, I became very, very known for what I was doing. I mean, talking to people, being like class events, and then they're telling me, okay, you're going to be in charge of this filming thing. And then I always deliver, deliver, deliver. Then with time, the hype now came, like my friends just knew me as like the filmmaker guy. And I realized that, okay, I can also act as well. So in my second year university, I was like, you know what? Let me just, let me make a show with my friends. Mm. Yeah. So we made a, we made a show called um, The Belo Show. And then we did like a couple of episodes and, and people in university loved it. Like it made me like really known in university. Yeah. And then after I did that, I just like leveling up. After I did, I was like, okay, let me make another show called Frank and Belo. I've seen one of that, my other yeah. Guys. Yeah, we're one of my other guys. His name is Frank. So I was like, let me make it a show called Frank and Bello, which we both write and then we both direct and then we both sign and everything. And so it just be comedy based. And then we did that. We did like we did like three episodes and it was fantastic. I mean, the response and everything was fantastic. Then I was like, okay, let me just, you know, let me calm down on comedy and let me be serious for a while. And then I did a short film called Modi, Modi short film mm-hmm. it's on YouTube. I scripted and directed Modi with my friends. And then since that point, because it was not comedy, it wasn't anything joking wise. It was about drugs and like, you know, growing up as a youth and like just talking about like a lot of youthful experiences, those type of things and mm-hmm, university mm-hmm. based. When we put that out there for people to watch, the response I got just made me realize that, okay, this is good the same this. thing. Like- <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is big. Just be serious what you're doing. And that's why I created to become, you know, youngest to ever work with Bona documentary happened last year. While I was in university, by the way. Wow. Levels. I think I was chance to do it because of the old corona stuff. Because if 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 not because of corona, I would have been in school and I wouldn't have been able to like direct it. But because of the old lockdown, you know, we're all at home. Yeah. And then I go I got called in for the job with my partners, Sean and Timmy. That we all run night media together. We got called in and then we just, you know, we just made it work and it just just came out perfectly. It was very beautiful. 
like I watched that video and I was really impressed. And even the few shots where you are in the video, like where Ben is like, this is my mirror. And then he shows you, oh my God. Like you looked so serious. Like the focus was like out of this world. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was so inspired. I was like, oh my, I need to be more serious about myself because that was really, really amazing. And I, I realized that you really took the opportunity, took the platform very seriously. Uh-huh. I, I had no choice but to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, when I got the gig here, I didn't tell anyone for like two months until when we were actually done. Wow. I'm telling you, like, I was hype. Obviously, it's Bonner Boy. Mm-hmm. I was hype, you know, but I kept it like, you know, within my family. I never posted about it until we were done, done, done. Mm. I feel like I would have done the same because that kind of opportunity, man, like, you cannot afford you to mess it up. You have to, like, deliver. Yeah. Then you cannot be carrying shoulder. Exactly, exactly. Just be done, man. Just mm. be done. When I was done, yeah, it was like the most calmest feeling I've ever had in my life because obviously people were very happy for me. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm, I'm a very like laid-back person. So you can get so hyped about what I'm doing and everything. But me, I'll just be in my house watching TV or like <laughs> playing game or something. So when I was done with everything, like, you know, everybody's running crazy for what I did and everything. I go back home and then I just came to play. Definitely came to play <laughs> Call of Duty for like a week uh, straight to my guys. It was so fun. Mm. Like, well, how was yeah. how was the actual experience? Like shooting, literally covering him from morning to night for a full twenty four hours. It was very tasking. Mm-hmm. It was very very tasking because you know, as a young person, you know, something with young people you don't really have is patience. You know, but I think working with him got me to work on like my level of patience. Like, I got to be able to stay in one spot for like I can stay in one spot for like five hours, just sitting down, you know, just plotting those type of things. Yeah. And before last year, I really could not. I just had to be moving, you know, probably going out, talking to my friends, those type of things. So in that aspect, it was very tasking, being patient and everything. But in the other aspect, I mean, I got to be in the studio when it was like recording. Yeah. You know, people will come through. Like you just because you're a celebrity, yeah, you see all that celebrity that come through to see him. You know, you get to see artists in their vulnerable spots, in their vulnerable like stage, you know, mm-hmm. when they're like complaining about something they don't like in their song, all those type of things. So the first day we got there to film, I think I was I was scared because I didn't I really didn't know what it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And then I was on the edge. I, I was really quiet and everything. But when I got there, it was so calm, like, and then he just gave me, like, chop knuckle, like, just, you know, <laughs> greeted. It was alpha, alpha, all those type of things. And he greeted um, the other photographer there, Bucci. And then he just made me, like, be more confident. We, mm. How he was so calm and everything. I was like, okay, okay, this guy is calm. And then that same day that we were there, he now got on a call with um, Didi. You know Didi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. P. Didi. P. Didi, yeah. He now got on a call with P. Didi. And then we had to film it straight. And I was like, I was fast struck. Like, I was like. <laughs> Right. Am I seeing Didi right now? And then you now showed showed Didi like me, and it was like, "Hey, what's up? This this is my um filmmaker right here." I was like, "What? Wow!" Telling you, so, and that was like the first day. So it was just I was psyched. I was psyched, psyched, psyched. And then uh, it was very fun as well because my friends were dead with me to experience the you know the partners in my company, Night Media. Yeah. And then you know we're all together, and it was so fun. And we're doing this like back to back for almost two months, and it was. It was fun. <laughs> I don't even know how deep I experienced it, but it was very, very fun. It was an experience that, like, you know, I can never forget. Definitely. Like, people know how much I appreciate Burner Boy. So to be able to be in that space and, like, even on a professional level and for him to appreciate your work, because he's definitely one person that mm-hmm. recognizes 
good things like recognizes talent and doesn't matter the mm-hmm. age or the cast or whatever the case may be you know he's going to give you that opportunity yeah. or that platform when he can so that was that was just exactly. amazing to watch exactly and then the one i just told you about yeah was yeah last year then we got to work on another documentary this year as well the grammy one yes grammy performance yeah that one was <laughs> was very very tasking it was very mm-hmm. very tasking because we had to shoot some i think the second day of the shoot because we, we just shot for two days mm-hmm. for the grammy one was grammy performance and then the second day we had to shoot overnight tickets and i didn't <laughs> even know how mm. i was tired but i was not sleeping i was tired <laughs> but i wasn't sleeping i was just my eyes were just sharp and then he works with his family i should have mentioned this earlier yeah mm-hmm. the way he works in his um circle is like you know his family his mom his sister his dad everybody's always there with him Mm-hmm. Yeah, in charge of like his business so if you are sleeping up or if like you know you're not doing your job properly his sister will come she'll be like yo, what's going on I'm like oh, yeah. I'm so sorry you know I'm young <laughs> <laughs> you guys caught me it's like I'm still young you know mm-hmm. but yeah yeah the experience was very very fun you get to see on that like side of you know the artist that everyone's always talking about yeah awesome now what were your sort of like your duties like as a DOP just tell us a bit about what exactly your role is as a director of photography slash cinematographer and what were sort of the things that you had to do on set? So most times, yeah, I'm always the one handling the cameras because mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I have a very stable hand. I don't shake. So people always feel confident whenever I'm the one holding the camera. As a DOP, yeah, you have to just have, you have to have an eye for beauty. Okay. Yeah. We can be in like any space and then I should always know the angle where I will shoot you from that it would look perfect, okay. you know, for the camera. So whenever I get on set and I see my subject, yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, where's the best place to shoot him from? Where's the best angle that he looks very good at from? All those type of things comes to my head very fast. And then you also have to like, you have to be someone that you can be comfortable being uncomfortable in the sense that, you know, sometimes to get some shots, you literally have to lie down on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get some shots, you have to lie down on the floor or you have to like probably stay on top of somebody's head, those type of things. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'm very, you know, efficient in doing things like that. And when I'm not behind the camera, I edit as well. I shoot and I also edit and I also script as well. So before we go on the shoot, I always write out what I want to do. I draw out like a storyboard, you know, just draw what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I did those type of things so I don't make mistakes. So we get all the shows that we want to get before we're done. So yeah, that's basically it for now. Take us to the very first film that you made. What was that about? Uh, first, let me see, modern short film. Modern mm-hmm. short film. It was tough. I won't even lie. Because I did it while in school, while I was in third level. My third year in university. And then it was tough in the sense that the kind of university I went to, yeah? They are very strict. They're very, very strict. So things like having your creative freedom, being able to shoot at any time, you know, coming out with your guys and saying, okay, we're going to shoot today, we're going to be done today, those type of things. Mm-hmm. It's very, 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 very tasking. You get before we started shooting, yeah, or before we even came up with the script, yeah. I already called four of my guys that I knew could deliver, and I told them, yeah, I was like, Bro, we're going to make a short film in this school, and it's going to be nice. <laughs> and something I think I'm very blessed with is bringing people together and being able to like make them work efficiently. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of the fact that, like, most of my friends, I'm, I'm older than them, and they see me as like an elder brother, mm-hmm. so they always listen. So, you know, I got to the room the first day that I already knew that I was going to make a short film. I just called my friend up, Shane, and I was like, okay, bro, we're going to write a script this night. We're not finishing this night, but let's just, like, you know, build our characters, know what our plot to be about, all those type of things. Mm-hmm. I think we're awake till, like, 4 a.m. 
3 a.m., coming up with characters and everything, you know, bouncing around with ideas. How should it be? How should it end? Those type of things. Mm. Then when we're done, like, with characters, I go to class the next day, and I think I asked one of my friends, Rema, I was like, what do you think about these characters? What do you What do you feel? Like, what do you think I should add? And she, she gave me a suggestion as well. And then I asked one of my friends, I was like, do you know any script writer that can actually, like, you know, add more words to this script? I want, you know, more body to this script. Mm. And then my friend introduced me to another writer who his name is Bio. And then we got to write the short film and we're done with the first phase. Then the second phase was actually now shooting. Shooting was the top side because I don't think I had my bath for this today. <laughs> <laughs> we shot the weekend. The short film was meant to take like, let me say, at least five days to finish. Mm. We shot in just two days. We shot wow. in a very tight set. I was very, very strict. I wish you had seen me on that set like i was freaking strict to everybody i was like bro we have to be done with this right? i didn't even know i said raising my voice and this type of things but it was all cool because we you know everybody was just down for the mission and everything and at the end of the day we were done shooting the editing i had to edit everything myself i was done editing like a week and then when we're done i showed like a couple of people before the thing actually before i actually put it out there for people to watch on youtube yeah i showed my friends in Austin and they were like wow this is really something people were even telling me to you know apply for like filming competition and submit it and stuff like things i think we already april 18th or something mm-hmm. 2019 and the reaction was crazy i can't wait to watch that film you know you, you know you did well as a filmmaker when people start telling you that they want to act in your film that type of thing uh-uh. so i was guessing like a lot of restaurants <laughs> like that <laughs> <laughs> I was just like a lot of rest of like that. And I was like, wow, okay, this is good. That means I'm definitely on the right track, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Funny enough, yeah, I haven't like written any serious scripts since then. It's just been like comedy scripts or this type of things I'm writing lately. I'm guessing I'll get serious again with my vibe, <laughs> with the vibe change, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so do you work on inspiration or is it just like, okay, here's an idea. Let's let's push it. Let's see, you know, let's let's bring the inspiration to this idea. Do I work with inspiration? Yes. Like, do you yeah, have yeah. to have to be inspired for you to yes, make? Yes, I have to. Yeah, I have to. Because if I'm going to shoot, it has to be something that I, like, believe in totally. Like, I have to have a reason behind why I'm shooting it. I can't just go on set and just start shooting anything. Hoping that, you know, the inspiration will come as we're going forward. Yes. Now, I must be inspired. When I'm even writing, I must be inspired, like, from something. Like, the story must be something that I actually want to tell. You know, something that is, like, really bothering me. Before I actually now say, okay, yeah, I want to produce this type of film. Tell us a bit about your your work with Africa Magic and Baby Drama, right? Which is also a series that I watch and I love from like the cinematography to the actors and actresses on there. Like my absolute faves on there. You know, what, what was that experience like? And yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was tough. I don't want to always sound lazy saying it was tough, but yeah, it was tough. It was definitely something new because we're like three editors working on the series. Mm-hmm. And it was my first uh, like TV debut edit and those type of things. So I, I didn't I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I mean I'd already edited like some of my projects before, but I'd never edited like a project for TV before. Mm. Um the first day I got there, they opened the workspace for me on the editing software and I saw it and I was like, hell, I'm in for it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is this is a lot. And they were like, okay, this is just one episode. Wow. Let me open the next episode. Look me the next episode. I was like, I just looked at my friend, because we it was me and my friend and we edited. I was like, we're done, man. I was <laughs> there. We edited for like four months. We were in an apartment that DSTV got for us and then editing back to back for four months. Man, it was it was crazy. I, I wish you had seen my face. My bed almost came into my eye. <laughs> you know, 
I was so hairy because I'm a very hairy person. So it just it was just everywhere, man, on my face. And I always find the bright side to everything, yeah. So as tough as it was, we still had fun. Me and the other editors or the other creatives, you know, the, the executive producer, she always came around. She was always there. Some of the actors used to come around to check on the project. The director used to come around. We just made it fun for ourselves. With our stress, what it was still. We just made it cool. And it was very, very, it was very, very tasking. And I think it actually stretched, it stretched my mind. Yeah. Being able to take stress to another point where like, it's just like, let me just finish. Let me just be done with this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let me just be done. And, uh, let me just know I'm done. You get, don't just give up on like something because you're stressed. Yeah. I developed like the resistance to stress from working on that project. Mm. First and foremost, like really congratulations. Like complete kudos to you and your friends, Thanks. like the team that yeah. worked on that because the edits were, were beautiful. Like it's it's just all the more rewarding to watch when now I can say that almost... I shall know that guy, who, you know, the guy that was working on this and everything. And it just makes it all the more better. Like, really, really kudos to you guys. Oh, thanks. As if I can just, you know, just branch into Nollywood. I will not mind. <laughs> <laughs> what was your movie industry in uh, South Africa called? I don't even know, to be honest. Like, there was a time where it was, you know? you know, it's weird. Because there was a time where there was, like, Sollywood that was just being thrown around here and there. I don't know. I think the best thing that we can call it is just, like, Mzanti Magic. Even though that's a TV show, uh, a TV channel name, but I think that's like if we were to put the crowning glory to it, it would be that because I don't think we have a particular name like a Nollywood, like a Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, but the the actors and actresses on the set are definitely doing the most. I've seen a few South African production. They're always looking very good. Honestly. I know South African films are always looking down. They're always looking good. <laughs> they don't get enough credit. Just like I feel like yeah, Nollywood films, Nollywood productions, you know, things like your media industry in general. I think I'm very proud to, you know, say that I'm an African and this is the kind of stuff that we are doing because there are just so many opportunities that you sort of create for yourselves and so many five-star productions and things that you, you get like on YouTube, like just different platforms. It's just such a diverse it's it's beautiful to witness. Like you get things like red TV it, it, and it's a, it's a very it's a very diverse craft. Like, do you ever feel like it's saturated? Do you ever feel like a more like we plenty for you? Like we are too many creatives. Is that ever sort of an issue that comes up in your mind? No. Let me tell you why I said no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you're a creative person, yeah. If you're a singer, you're, a, you're an actor. They can never be too much. All you have to just do is stand out what you're doing. Yeah. And if you can stand out what you're doing and you're like very open to collaborations, I'm, I'm a very open person to collaborations because I, I feel like if you collaborate more in Africa, like imagine like we, we make like a movie with South Africa, we make a movie with Congo people, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we make a movie with you know, people from Togo, Ghana, all these type of things. And everybody just comes together and everything, no matter how much they are on that project. You know how the credits at the end of movies, you see how much people are always there? Yeah. Imagine if you now like get so much hands on it on just one film. Imagine how good it would turn out. That's something like to that. really, yeah. So um, the mindset of like somewhere is too saturated or, you know, I feel like it just breeds a lot of not so healthy competition because we already have a lot of not so healthy competition in the creative agencies or the mm-hmm. creative space in Africa, or in Nigeria. Let me just say Nigeria. In the sense that, you know, let's say like, if I'm a filmmaker, yeah, I always want to just use my own friends to make a film instead mm-hmm. of like you know opening doors for other people that that are actually better than my friends. Yeah. Or let, let me my, let my friends work with other people that are also still good. Let them come in. You get so I feel like in Nigeria we just have people that always want to just circulate the same type of people every time, mm. every time, every time, which is not so good. We need more opportunities for a lot of people, and so I think that just needs to change. That's the only thing I think needs to change in Nigeria. Apart from 
just getting into the industry and being able to like open it up to more people what other challenges okay. are there that you've probably faced or that you've witnessed you know other people going through within the industry like for you it was a natural talent god just blessed yeah. you with it and you went with it you tried it out you honing your skill now for, yeah. for people that like actually find it difficult to break into the industry what are some yeah. of the challenges that they have to overcome and what are the challenges that they face i think if you find a tough time to break into the industry the major challenge you face is you know you get a lot of setbacks you get a lot of notes from people you get a lot of people telling you that man just give up or just go and work somewhere like a bank or something like that wow those type of things so you have to develop a strong mind, basically. A strong mind in the sense that, like, no matter what someone tells you, as long as, like, you know that, man, I'm down for this thing, this is what I want to do and everything, you just have to just keep going. You have the mind that, man, I'll just keep on going. Yeah. So I would advise young people that are, like, really trying, trying, but can't really get their big break or whatever, to just keep going, yeah? And be, more, be very, very deliberate about how you want to get what you want to get. Because I feel like we young people can be very, very talented, but we're not really, really deliberate mm-hmm. with how we want to brand ourselves, how we want to be like taken seriously by people. You know, in the sense that I see this with a lot of young creatives that it always hits my soul because I'm always like, nah, this is not how you must go about it. Yeah. So as a filmmaker or as a creative or whatever, yeah, I feel like if, you use, if you're using your social media or you're using your Twitter, yeah, mm-hmm. don't oversaturate your social media. Today on Twitter, you're fighting over Big Brother. <laughs> or you're fighting over someone. They're being too bragged on them. Just always talking about different things that are trending. I feel like if you're a creative, yeah, and you want to be perceived in a particular way, you have to be very, very conscious about the type of subjects you speak on, the type of things you say on social media, yeah. the type of things you interact with, you get. Because people will always link you to whatever you see on social media, whether you like it or not. Mm. You get it helps you in getting customer self because if like I'm a filmmaker here yeah, and then like most times we're just commenting about films, you know, telling people my takes on this film, you know, talking about directing on Twitter, talking about filming. I'm just putting that out. If I get interviewed today, I'm just putting only my interview out. I'm saying, okay, go and watch this, go and stream this. With time, you just get to know me as a filmmaker only. Yes. Not like that would be the only thing I'm talking about, but you just know, you just know more of, I mean, more of me filming than other things in my life. You get. Yes. So you just have to be very, very conscious about that. So that's what I would tell, that would be my advice to young creatives trying to break out. You know, you just have to break the limit of, you know, not knowing how to properly brand yourself. I'm definitely going to take that advice and run with it because with social media, a lot of the things that I know how to do, I'm either, you know, gifted. That's just the kind of person I am. I'm either like gifted in it or I need to do this so I will do it no matter what and I'll, therefore I'll learn how to do it. Like you said, the very first time you edited, like yeah. you never edited before, you got onto Premiere Pro and you just gave them. So that's like basically how I go about my life as well. So with social media and just being able to manage that, I've struggled a lot because today is like Instagram is trending and then TikTok is trending. And then you, you ask yourself, because I was on Twitter for a while, I deleted that app. No shade to Twitter. <laughs> But no, people... no, 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 no. Oh my God. You could have just left it alone. There are, many, there are a lot of times I felt like deleting Twitter, but I'm like, nah, it's still good for branding either way. You know, I, you I just have get to know back, how. But I had to really heal from the trauma. What happened, <laughs> what happened on Twitter? What did that do <laughs> If today somebody's not dragging someone for racism, they are dragging this one for saying one thing or the yeah, other. I was yeah. just like, yeah, I, actually, yeah, it was kind of toxic at some point. Yo, yeah. It was so bad. I, I loved how yeah. you could like if you blow on Twitter, like you've blown, but mm-hmm. you know, it was it was a lot because Twitter's addictive. Twitter's a really good platform for those who know how to use it, Twitter's amazing. But if you are still fresh, you are still very, you know, 
ah, uh-uh, that thing can just damage you <laughs> for life. <laughs> Actually, so, yeah, is very good. Oh, it's an amazing platform for people that have really mastered how to use Twitter, people that know how to start conversations, how to, you know, really put certain things out there, how to comment on the right things and that kind of thing. It's really amazing for the same reasons that you've just said now that, okay, if you'll be commenting or responding or, you know, starting threads about things that are native to your craft and what you want people to know you as and what you want to brand brand yourself as. It's amazing. I think it's just the scrutiny that people have, you know, that entitlement to just say that, okay, what you're doing is wrong, but that's just like calling each other out and yeah, dragging yeah. people through. Yo, it's that's... You know, Twitter is a space where like you can really hide behind your phone and say whatever you want to say. Yeah. So I think a lot of, a lot of trolls are just on Twitter and you should never let it get to you because people always talk and you just have to develop like a skin or like a mind where like no matter what someone says to you, or no matter what people that you don't really know say to you on Twitter, like you don't give a damn. As long as you know that what you're saying is right, mm-hmm. or what you're saying makes sense. Just man, that's free. That's really good advice, even from a director's perspective or from a creative's perspective. Now, this particular saying, right? Everybody knows that if you can make it in Lagos, you can make it anywhere in the world. How true is this? <laughs> How true is this in like, your own experience? It's true, like it's true, like Madu. It's true, like crazy, because Lagos is. Lagos is a place where everybody's trying to play you. Like, everybody's just trying to play you. Everybody's trying to scam you. Yeah. Everyone that's not you is trying to play you and everything. Everyone that's not your family member or you're like your friend or something. Everybody's trying to play you, all type of things. There's even one place in, in Lagos called Computer Village, Ikeja. Wow. You know, they sell like phones and everything. I kid you not, they're stealing like two phones and like money from me twice at two different times for me in that same place. I'm like, how? Lagos is a place where, like, you know, if you're not sharp or if, if you're not like, you know, quick to act, you get played fast. Mm-hmm. So people that make it in Lagos, people that are very, very sharp in Lagos, once you get out of this country. Because one thing I've noticed is that whenever I leave this country, everyone is always very relaxed because, you know, nobody's trying to play them. So we, we Nigerians, whenever we get out of this country, we're always like, you know, ahead of everybody. Because mm-hmm. we were, always, we were, we were used to like thinking ahead, you know, trying to not get played, all those type of things. Yeah. So always like, you know, we're, just, we're just used to like having like a mind where, you know, even if the thing comes down, I'm still ready. I'll go. I'll go again. Mm. So yeah, I believe. I believe in that saying. That's definitely something that I've learned from Nigerians. Is that you guys hustle like nobody's business. As exactly. It, if somebody says that, I need to make it by fire by force. <laughs> <to> make it. <laughs> it's, it's just. It's, it's. It's kind of like our culture. Sir. Our culture. I love it. I really, guys, like you guys don't understand how much I want to go and and live in nigeria like you don't get it another reason is because i cannot take this winter of a thing this cold weather i was not born for it i'm it's just not for my skin it's just it's not doing me well you know so how, I really, how, how cold is it how cold is it in south africa uh, when am I, like, I mean it's not it's not that bad technically if you compare it to places like canada and things where you get like minus two is like a hot day yeah. but like on um, in in um the winter months but like here in the morning maybe like a six six degrees seven like 13 but like if we have a cold front because we had like a serious arctic wind that blew like everybody could not almost we just walk small the kind of cold wind go cash you so <laughs> it was really bad it was like we were getting to i think like minus five degrees you know trees were freezing and things like that so i just i really cannot I prefer like wet and wet and hot season. I can't do that one, but anyway, let me not be talking like somebody I've traveled though. 
But no, I'm, I really, really have enjoyed speaking to you. And I just want to ask you now from a director's perspective, I'm just going to put it out there if you don't mind. Like you are a 23-year-old who is breaking yeah. boundaries. Yeah. From your perspective as a director, like what advice do you have for aspiring actors and actresses? Because it's, it's a serious growing market. I think it's a talent that many people are realizing, oh my, I actually get this thing for Bodio. Like I can actually do this. Yeah. What advice do you have for them? Because I think actors and actresses, just like you said, like they can really be played, you know, and if you're not sharp, yeah. I think it's one of those industries where they can really like use you or you can exactly. be, you know, downplayed or not given your, your worth. So what, what do you have to say to them? I would say just know the business that you're going into before you even go into it. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Like know know what you're going into, know what it will require for you to you know stand out or this type of things as an actor, as an actress. And secondly, you have to develop a mind of your own in the sense that okay, if you if you now actually start making proper films and people are recognizing you and everything, you have to have a mind of your own in a situation whereby like let's say like your name is getting everywhere, you're getting hyped. Mm-hmm. you're getting known and everything it's natural for you to start feeling yourself or it's natural for you to start thinking like we just won't hit yeah as a young person it's very very normal you know we get hyped very easily so it's very important to have the mind of man i'm just starting let me put my head down let me not you know let me not get influenced by whatever people are saying about me that like man you're so good oh mm-hmm. my god you're crazy those things don't let it get into your mind Always put, you know, your end goal in mind. I mean, I want to be the best. I want to stand out in this craft. Because I see, I see a lot of young people that they start like doing so much creative jobs and it starts getting to their head and like almost every weekend they're in the club. Yeah. They are, they are drinking, they're doing this, blah, blah. All these type of things, they actually bring you back to square one. You start getting too hyped and then you, really, you actually really stop working on your craft. Yeah. What took you to that point in the first place? That's the second thing. And thirdly, in the sense of like getting played by people, you have to... You know, you need to have a team that would be with you and would always advise you for your own good. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go into an industry alone and then whatever the director tells you to do, that's what you're doing. Whatever the EP tells you to do, that's what you're doing. Whatever this person tells you to do, that's what you're doing. You don't have a mind of your own. With time, you just become that one of those actors or actresses that or creatives that like people can push around. Yeah. You know, so you need to have people around that will help you stand your ground. That's if you don't have new power to do yourself because i know some people have that mm-hmm. but most people don't have that so if you don't have that you need to get people that will you know stand your ground for you work on your branding for you and fourth thing is learn how to properly brand yourself like i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. with social media social media is such a very powerful platform you know how you properly brand yourself personally for me if you want to be one of the best at your craft try to say the least but do the most mm. that's powerful yeah, try to say the least, but this is most. Don't just be talking every time. Like, don't be trying to get involved in every drama that is on social media. Don't be trying to get involved in everything. Don't be easily influenced by everything. My mom used to tell me something. My mom used to tell me that, like, the people that actually start trends don't follow trends. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah people that start trends, like, you're talking about, imagine, you think about people like Beyonce, think about people like Jay-Z, think about people like, like Viola Davis, mm-hmm. think about people like, like John Boyega, you know, LeBron James, all these people, they hardly ever say anything about anything. Michelle Obama, Serena Williams, Drake, you hardly ever see them say too much, you know, but they do the most, like they're doing the absolute most. Yes. So just learn how to properly brand yourself in the sense that like people just know you as this stern person that's just, you know, always trying to be better, not trying to say too much, just trying to, you know, do better for themselves, 
with time you get you get a lot of support from people because people love that type of thing and that's why you see whiskey is whiskey is very very loved because it says the least but it does mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. no matter how hype he is he doesn't really come out and say i'm the greatest i'm the best stuff yeah he's just there relaxed he knows that it's good and it's just you know striving to be better thank you for that i'm also going to take from that because we're all growing right we still we we on this journey. It's a destination that we're striving towards, you know, greatness, being the best and, and all of that. But most importantly, just inspiring people along the way. So not discrediting the yeah. journey. The journey is really, really important. Something that many of us overlook, something that many of us downplay because it's, it's mm-hmm. tough, right? It, that, it's, it's not the nicest thing, but, you know, it, it changes lives. It's not really the, when you're at the top, that changes people's lives or when you're at the bottom, but it's like... Mm-hmm. That in between, like how you got from point A to point B is really what makes you the star that you are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the journey is always very interesting. Exactly. It'll be the same. You, are, you won't have any story to tell. Precisely. <laughs> to your friends, like, to your kids. You need to have a story to tell them. And how, how would others relate to you? Exactly. You, know, you need to have a story that's very relatable as well. Now let's speak about Ninth Media Productions, right? Or Ninth Media, rather. Okay. What are you guys doing, you know, besides that which we've spoken about today, which is you guys are killing it in the editing space. You guys are making films, you're making, you know, videos, content creation. What, what are you guys, what are you guys about and how can people reach out to you? Are you guys like international and that kind of thing? Um, for now, yeah, we're basically just um, Nigerian based and national. Mm-hmm. No international yet, but I'm hoping it will be international very soon. In like, let me say in like a few months, I'm hoping for that to happen. Well, I'm striving for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Night Media, we're like a creative team. Okay, we handle films, definitely. We handle scripting. We handle story treatment. We handle editing. And we also handle directing as well. So anything film related, we handle that and we handle it very well. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think for now, because we're still all very young. We're trying to build this space where, like, you know, we show that young people can be very, very credible and serious about business. Yes. That's what we're trying to build for now. You know, in Africa, I feel like in Africa, we, people don't really give young people, like, a chance because they feel like, man, they're not serious. Yeah. They don't, you know, any small thing they give up or something like that. So we're trying to build this strong brand where, you know, everybody in the brand is just on point. Everybody in the brand is just serious. They just knows what they're what they are out for, filming perfect a1 and this type of things mm-hmm. that's what we're all about right now and it's sweet to say you have a brand it's tough but it's sweet, it's sweet to say i enjoy i don't know why but i enjoy challenges i don't know if you i don't know if you can tell from all the i can definitely tell because even yeah, after I you love, be saying I love it's, challenges, it's like, tough then you not come and move to another tough one so no really <laughs> <laughs> i love challenges when i love it like i feel like nothing good can come no, nothing nothing good comes easy yeah whenever so i see something that's tough i'm like man not everybody will be able to do this so let me do this you get like when someone brings a story to me and they're like they're like everybody has turned down this story and then the only one that came to my mind can you shoot something like this and i'm now figuring i'm now figuring out like while i'm reading the script i'm figuring out that like okay people actually turn down this story because it sounds tough to shoot mm-hmm. and i'm like yes I want to sh- i'm going to shoot this mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to shoot this i like doing things that you know people have not done before so it's just always sweeter that way like, would you be would you be a change maker? Would you be a pioneer if you didn't? You know, exactly, exactly. Man, it has been lovely speaking to you. I just want to know, you, in yeah. closing, what can we expect? Like, what more can we expect? You said beautifully there that you love to level up. You've done Burner Boy. I mean, mm-hmm. a whole Grammy film. You know, with your amazing mm-hmm. team. 
Shout out to Sheung mm-hmm. and Timmy and the yeah. rest of the crew, right? Yeah. What can we expect from here? Right now, expect a short film from me because that's what I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. And when I'm about to drop the short film, I think I'll take a break from social media for like maybe a month or two to really focus well on the production. So by the time I come back, you know, the energy would be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want, to, I want it to be like, you know, everybody's like, or my friends are like, why are you gone? What type of things? Or where are you? Where have you been? You've been mm-hmm. off. What type of thing? I'm like working on my film. So when the film is really out and you see the quality, you see the production, everything, you're like, okay. I understand. Him going off was worth it. So yeah, expect that from me. I want to make a comedy film and I want to make a serious film. Okay. <laughs> I can't say when yet, but I want to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's the next step. That's the next step. Ayo, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you too. It was nice talking to you. It really was. Like we it was should have... nice. it, was, it was not nice. It was lovely. It was lovely talking to thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a school right. student. Hado. This one that will be forced to be using better, better adjectives and this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how do you, how do you work on your on your, on your pigeon by the way? Like whenever you talk about pigeon, I'm like, what? You know pigeon? Interesting story. This is why I love you guys's your Nollywood industry because I've basically just grown up watching Nigerian movies. Mm-hmm. All those like any Congolese child will tell you like the first image or you know exposure to a Nigerian movie was like a Karashika type film or mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that kind of so i've basically grown up just watching nigerian movies and i just fell in love with the culture i fell in love with the people and being like a linguist at heart like mm-hmm. i'm always trying to like learn languages because for me it helps me to connect with other people it helps me to communicate with other people i noticed yeah, from a very yeah. young age if you go to a nigerian for example and you speak pidgin there's a different way that you're going to relate yeah exactly i'm you telling see. you there's a because they're like oh my god you're you're right like me you I see you're right like me wow <laughs> let us be right like, together like let's be right together you exactly. know exactly and like what's nigeria is like it's very it's a very like um general thing everybody i don't care where you're coming from if mm-hmm. you speak broken english you know you know it's and I, I think once you start speaking broken english to people like it just makes them loosen up a bit and they're just like mm, yeah i can be comfortable with this person yeah exactly the person is not expecting me to speak good english throughout yes, like, I don't like... Have to be talking english <laughs> la, 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 la. like so yeah you see as long as it's sabia i'm just a talker before uncle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I learned yeah. it from Nigerian movies. I learned it from Nigerian movies. And my thing is like how I learn languages is if you say something and I hear it multiple times and then I'm like, okay, he said it in this context. So that means it mm-hmm. could mean one, two, three, or you say the meaning and then I'm like, oh, there's a meaning. Like my parents can tell you, my mm-hmm. family can tell you. Like if I learn a new meaning, I'll be like, ah, why are you like, this is what this word means, you know, like this is what you get. <laughs> so like I'm low-key, high-key learning Yoba, learning Igbo, like everything, like whatever that I can take like i don't just watch big brother just for the sake of watching of course it's entertaining it's amazing it's it's just this beautiful mm-hmm. mix of like different cultures and different people coming this this like really cool social experiment i like that i really love mm-hmm. that but like when i'm watching a nigerian movie and they say like okay biko that means this means please okay all of these it's just really like for me it's very very fascinating you should definitely keep on doing that you should definitely keep on learning thank you it's wonderful i want to i want to, i want to learn other languages too but that, that's that's a conversation for another day <laughs> If you ever need to, like, learn a bit of Swahili, a bit of French, I got you, man. French. That is it. <laughs> French. I really need... Oh, my God. If I could speak French, I'll never shut up. <laughs> we'll just keep on... we we'll just keep on going. I don't say, we will don't... Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. I'll just keep on going. <laughs> yeah. I feel French is so sexy when you see it. And, like, imagine when you're, in, like, in the airport and you're traveling. 
and like they ask you where you're from, you're like, I'm French. <laughs> like, wow. I think, yeah, no. I feel you. So, yeah, I'll definitely reach out to you. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to you on that. We, I mean, we should. Like, this is this is part of my escape plan slash travel plan to Nigeria. I need to <laughs> build up my network. <laughs> all right now. All right now. Definitely talk for then. Thank you so much. Again, thank you to every single person that listened to this episode, that will listen to this episode. This journey has been amazing. It's just, we're just going from glory to glory, from strength to strength. It really is a blessing to have conversations like this with young people from Africa, more especially, that are just very concerned with bettering their country, bettering their continent, and just fostering these strong relationships, you know, among different nations in Africa that will really take us to, to the greatest heights. Please do continue to connect with us on social media that's akina speaks underscore on instagram and please go on to director bello um on twitter right and on instagram that yes. is um <laughs> bello. yes so yeah. go on and flood him with comments go and watch Mordi and watch out for all the other projects that he's gonna do go on to africa magic and watch baby drama like multi-choice dscv you guys are doing a madness for young people in africa you're doing a madness for africans as a whole and we really do appreciate the work that you're doing it's been amazing it's been fun take care stay blessed Mwah. sakina has spoken stay blessed it was lovely talking to you